0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, producer Joseph Armacost. How are you today? All right, all right, all right. Little Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. What is that, from Dazed and Confused, I think? I am the ah. worst. I always get it wrong. I may be right on that one, though, which would be shocking and <laughs> stunning. Oh, uh, so what do we got today? Where do we start? Where do we start? Major breaking news. Again, yesterday, Paul Sperry over at Real Clear Investigations blowing the lid off of a... Uh, the John Brennan scandal this man is a been a stain on the uh, on the fabric of America that will never ever be wiped clean yeah what a disaster now it's all becoming clear captain puppet master John Brennan his disgraceful legacy as a member of our a lead member of our intelligence community coming out i got more on that i'm going to get to i've got some sound from him exposing how and by the way just get a lawyer brennan because it exp- this guy's been exposed for the fraud he is as the the creator of the entire scandal here. What a mess with this guy. And he's on tape. He's, he goes on TV talking about it. Get a lawyer. Get off TV, John. Gosh, is this guy dumb. <laughs> get off the television. All right. Before we get to that, I got a, a couple other stories I want to get to, too, about the economic war going on against conservatives. It's gotten worse. An interesting story I saw at the Federalist today. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. We love iTarget. Listen, I I always recommend people, if they can and are willing, to own and buy a firearm and to train with it. It's important if you buy a firearm, obviously, to learn how to use it and use it proficiently. If, God forbid, you're involved in a self-defense scenario, you have to hit what you're firing at. Someone's in your house, they're firing at you, you're being robbed, you're being mugged, you're being attacked. You have to be proficient with that firearm. But that requires some skills. You have to get your proper sight alignment, your proper sight picture. You have to learn how to acquire that front sight. You have to learn how to pull a trigger deliberately and slowly, and you have to learn how to get that that target picture perfect so that you don't miss what you're firing at. It's not easy to do. Pulling a trigger is uh, is not difficult, but, but firing that firearm accurately is. One of the best ways to do it and to learn how to do it, if, again, God forbid you're involved in such a scenario, is... To dry fire. Dry fire is when you practice pulling the trigger and acquiring a sight picture on a safely unloaded weapon. Check it. Check it twice. Check it three times to make sure it's unloaded. You can't check it enough. You can't make that mistake. Always point a firearm in a safe uh, direction. You have the laser rule. Act like there's a laser coming out of the front of that weapon. Oh, in this case, there is. By the way. The iTarget Pro system is a laser round. They will send you You drop it in a safely unloaded weapon. When you depress that uh, trigger on that safely unloaded weapon, the hammer will drop on this laser round. And your firearm, the one you have now, will emit a laser onto a target so you can see where the round would have gone. This is the best way to practice with your firearm. The reviews on this are phenomenal. People love it. They can't put it down. It's almost like a video game system to train your uh, your proficiency and train your skills with a firearm. Go pick it up today. The website, itargetpro.com that's the letter itargetpro.com itargetpro.com promo code Dan for 10% off don't miss out All right. I read a story at the Federalist it'll be in the show notes today at bongino.com thanks to everyone who subscribed to my email list by the way I will email you these articles every day if you join the email list we appreciate it. it helps us get the message out it's about the continued economic war against conservatives I have been on this thing for a while now here is the problem with police state tyrant liberals, which are increasingly taking over what was left of a once proud Democrat Party under John F. Kennedy, which is now turned into a ragtag group of socialist police state tyrants, Antifa crowd uh, types, violent types, anti-free speech and anti-civil liberties advocates. It's really a grotesque group. Mm. Joe. Mm -hmm. I've explained in the past, and I'll explain again today, the continuum of how leftists work and what we have to be prepared for. All right. When these tyrants show lose in politics, meaning actual elections, Mm -hmm. the presidency, House of Representatives, Senate, local state delegates, local state senators, councilmen, mayors at the local level. Leftists never give up. Never. That's one thing about them you have to understand. Now, I, I, I don't respect it in some cases, because when they when say don't give up, I mean they don't give up attacking your civil rights. Mm-hmm. But you have to respect the tactic, because if you ignore it, you will be caught blindsided as your civil liberties just die away. Yep. When they lose in politics, they move immediately to other arenas. They never rest. Conservatives, we don't do this. And I'm not suggesting we shouldn't, and do will make sense in a minute. But liberals never stop. They are committed to taking your money, your liberty, your health care, your kids' education, the right to your property, the right to life in some cases, especially when it comes to their pro-abortion advocacy. They are absolutely committed to the destruction of everything you know that represents big R rights, liberty, and freedom. That is it. Horse blinders on. They see nothing but the destruction of the constitutional republic as we know it as their end goal. Not talking about all Democrats, but sadly, I'm talking about a lot of them now because the party has been completely hijacked. Now, what they lost in politics and what they've been losing significantly, especially during the Obama years where they were wiped out at the state, federal and local level, they lost a thousand plus seats. They moved seamlessly into the economic and the culture wars, the culture wars. What are the culture wars and the culture wars and the economic wars are not or should say, the culture war and the economic war, Joe, are not necessarily separate entities. Right, yeah. So I saw a story today to show you exactly what I mean, how both of these are connected. Comic books, Joe. Comic books. You would think, all right, dad, seriously, we're politicizing comic books now? No, no. Not us. Not me or Joe. I love the Punisher, and believe me, the Punisher comic book, uh, was it, Spider-Man? I have it. My wife bought it for me. What is it, 181 or something? Maybe that's Hulk 181 uh, with the Wolverine guy. But these were not politically correct cartoons at all, uh, no. uh, comic books. No, they. The, you know, it was like mass killing. Not that I'm recommending that stuff. I'm just saying, when I was a kid, there were clear bad guys, clear good guys, and then next started the evolution of the anti-hero, which is probably not PC either. The left has politicized comic books. There's a piece in the uh, Federalist today. Read it. It's in the show notes. It's really good. And I, I kind of like just clicked on the title just because I, you know, once in a while I, I like reading about the comic book arena. And I know some people in it. I've actually appeared in a comic book. <laughs> you remember that thing I showed yeah, you? Yeah, that was cool, someone man. drew my likeness in a comic book. The article's fascinating. It's about this guy Richard Meyer. Uh, apparently, he's he's a. I don't even know if he's a, a, so much a, a conservative. He's not a liberal, let's just say. Because I, I don't know him. I've never com- conversed with him. I don't understand his policy. I'm just telling you, he's clearly not a liberal. All right. So, Joe. He wrote this series, or, or, or uh, drew this series of comics, or marshaled together this series of comics that did not follow the pro-social justice warrior snowflake liberal cry room color forms Crayola line that we're all supposed to cover social justice warrior issues in our comic books. We're supposed to crap on America, crap on the country, crap on Trump. Apparently, this guy Meyer was like, "Ah, I don't think so. We're not going to do that." So Meyer starts a YouTube channel. This is such a cool story called, this is brilliant, diversity in comics, which is great because Joe, the snowflakes probably think this is a YouTube channel dedicated to commentary on snowflake stuff, (laughs) but it's not. Meyer's YouTube channel is, it's a roast basically of, of all of these misguided efforts to culturally influence young Americans through social justice warrior messaging, in comic books. Just leave the damn comic books alone. Good guy, bad guy, fight, good guy wins in the end. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. Go read the comic books from the 60s. Bad guy, good guy, good guy wins. That's the plot in every single one I read them all. Once in a blue moon, the good guy loses... And he dies, but then he comes back in the next comic. Don't ever always come. Right, Joe? Superman died. Then he came back as like seven different Supermans or whatever. They never really die. Okay? I'm not going to put any spoilers in, but some of you get it. You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about in relationship to some other stuff out there in the comic book arena and the movie arena. Wink, wink. Okay? They never really die. Now, you would think they'd leave that alone. They can't. So Meyer puts this YouTube channel up. It's an instant success, Joe. People come in there and they find it hilarious that this guy, yeah, he just. What? Are they blocked yet? No, that's YouTube. So, oh, they're, they're okay. no, yeah, this isn't Twitter. So he has right. this YouTube channel where he does these roasts and he just fillets these people for their endless focus on social justice warrior nonsense. The thing takes off and he starts a. A crowdfunding effort on kickstarter joe are you taking a note to block that out yeah no you don't block it out leave it in it's funny it's rihanna's commentary <laughs> you don't leave it i see joe i know when he goes to the pen that he wants to cut something. i can see him from my camera he, don't leave it in there it's funny so he takes up a kickstarter effort joe to start like i'm watching you man i got my eyes on you uh called jawbreaker lost souls and it raises a fortune So just to be clear, he's a not he's not a liberal, which is you know in social justice warrior cultures where you have to culture warrior realms you have to put out of business and filleted immediately. He (laughs) starts a YouTube channel which goes after political correctness in comic books. It's a huge success. He starts a Kickstarter effort for this new comic book, Jawbreaker: Lost Souls, and the thing takes off right away. Joe on Kickstarter, he raises a fortune for this, and a um, a publishing company. Antarctic Press picks up the deal because it's such a huge success on Kickstarter. Hey, we'll publish the comic book. We'll get it in the stores. Well, what happens? A bunch of social justice warrior snowflakes, the snowflake crowd... A bunch of you know people who had worked at Marvel and otherwise go crazy and start pressuring this publishing company. You can't put that out there. You better stop. We're going to boycott your stuff. We're going to make sure we don't publish any of that Antarctic Press's books. We don't put it in stores. They start pressuring this Antarctic Press, which then backs away. It's a San Antonio company and says, listen, we're not going to publish the comic book anymore. Now. Meyer says, listen, don't blame them. It's a small mom and pop. They f- were under relentless pressure by the social justice warrior, Snowflakes, uh, the-, the tyrants, the police state economic tyrants uh, that-, that have been attacking this guy. And he says, leave them. So I- I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the, on the publisher. I-, I get what he's saying. And mm-hmm. if Meyer doesn't want us going after him, I don't want us going after him either. I don't think we should replicate Snowflake tactics right. in that respect. But what's funny about this, or actually what's not funny about it, it what's pretty disgusting about these filthy police state tyrant liberals, is this is their next, this is what they're doing. I bring this story up because, Joe, now that the culture wars, they're winning overwhelmingly in the culture wars. They own academia. They Mm -hmm. own the messaging in Hollywood. They own the messaging on TV. They're winning. I'm not telling you the tide's not going to turn. It always does throughout history. That's why we have to fight back and be patient. But they're winning now. Mm-hmm. They own academia, they own Hollywood, they own television, they own music, they own everything that would comprise popular culture. In other words, cultural things, people in mass tend to listen or find entertaining. Right. Liberals own all of it. That's not good enough for them, Joe. It's not good enough to use the culture wars to make you and I outcasts. I mean, look at what happened again to Kanye West. I don't know Kanye. I'm not saying he's a conservative. I'm just saying he dared to say he liked the way a conservative Candace Owens thinks. And he became the subject of a ruthless, ruthless mob of people who attacked him. This is what the culture war is. The culture war in a sentence is make any non-liberal an outcast. Do you understand that, Joe? Yeah. That's exactly what they did with this Richard Meyer in the comic p- comic book arena. The culture war is not independent from the economic war. It's not good enough to make you an outcast, Joe, and to make your friends hate you mm-hmm. and your family hate you. It's not good enough. They have to bankrupt you too, Joseph. You got it. I understand. The culture war was always going to be a weapon for the economic war later. They are finding now through the use of social media, email campaigns, Facebook, which did not exist 20 years ago as we know it now. Not email, but it not definitely not the pervasiveness we have now. I mean, when I first started in the Secret Service, they had Netscape. You know, email was, every, you know, people had them. But it, I mean, everybody now, your grandmother has probably five or six email accounts. Mm-hmm. Twitter and social media existed nothing like it does now. They have found a way, the liberals, to make the outcast become a public outcast, too, by spreading the message. Tweet out constantly, Joe Armacost, non-liberal, get him! Get him! I'm being shunned! Yes, you are. You've been shunned on on social media in front of millions of people. And in some cases, Joe, in many now, it's being accompanied by an economic boycott message, which is exactly what happened to this comic book author and his publisher. They want you bankrupted. They want you finished. I'm bringing it up today because there's another story out there that ties intimately into this message, and you need to be you need to understand this so you know it is time to fight back, folks. It is time to skin your knees and get a little dirty. Okay, I don't mean dirty and immoral. I mean dirty in that we got to get outside and we got to you know we got to play in the weeds a little bit here. It's going to require some dirt under the fingernails. You can't pull weeds by looking at them. No more Roundup. You got to actually go and pull the weeds. They keep growing back. Now, for the liberals listening at Media Matters, I know you're a violent bunch. You Antifa supporting, Southern Poverty Law Center supporting. I know that. We're not talking. That's your thing, okay? Just so you understand, violence is your arena because you're immoral slobs. But we have to be prepared for this fight. The other story, sorry, I didn't mean to keep teasing it, but because I want to wrap it up with how we're going to fight back, so I don't leave you on this macabre note here. All right. Andrew Cuomo, hapless, principle-free, silver spoon, baby, governor of New York, far-left liberal goon, is now pressuring people and companies in New York to not do business with insurance companies and others that do any business with the NRA. Wait, wait, wait. I- The liberals, on one hand, they want you to force you to basic bake a cake for a gay wedding. You don't want to be a part of because you're in the public space, Joe. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, so that they're all for, hey, association shouldn't be free. Right, Joe? Mm -hmm. A guy who bakes a cake is not free to associate with who he wants. Right? That's what they're saying. Yeah. The guy who bakes the cakes. and listen, I don't want to do business. Uh, I, I don't want to bake a cake for a gay wedding. It's not my thing, okay? It's against my religious beliefs. By the way, he has constitutional protections there. Liberals are saying, nope, Freedom Association is dead. Freedom of Association, dead, gone. But then, interestingly enough, when it comes to banks and insurance companies doing business with the NRA, a legally protected activity, by the way, The right to purchase a firearm to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Cuomo and his team are putting pressure on these companies, citing reputational harm, which a lot of these companies are now backing out of contracts with the NRA, and it's a major lawsuit going on. So then all of a sudden, Joe, Freedom Association, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, you guys, with these companies, there's no freedom of association. You can't associate with who you want. want to associate with a uh, a legal activity in the NRA? No, no, you can't do that. It's a scam bake the cake you better do business with this person and then to the other company this is a legal business but you better not do business with that person they're scammers this is economic war what they can't win now to sum up what i'm telling you they can't win their fights politically they know their ruthless you know social justice warrior agenda on the human sexuality front is 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 not is not popular. People want to be left, to, but just leave me alone. Leave me, my sexuality, my family alone. They don't want that. Liberals want their beliefs imposed on everyone. They know their is their agenda on gun control is a dead end politically. They know it. They understand that. So what do they do? They keep fighting politically. They're not going to give up there, Joe, but they type you as an outcast. Mm -hmm. They stereotype you as an outcast culturally using all the weapons they can. Hollywood, look at these dirty Trump voters. Hollywood, academia, look at you filthy Trump voters, you deplorable people. Then they use that outcast label to leverage economic boycotts against you through the use of social media and Facebook. And then they weaponize the power of government when they can. Cuomo, Cuomo's going to lose this, by the way, bad. And it's going to be a horrifying defeat for liberals on the economic front. I'm sure of it. Once this case goes to court. Here's the good news, folks. We're about 45 to 50 percent of America. And I'll be honest with you. We're probably fifty-five percent too. There are probably Democrats, based on the emails I get. It's an unscientific number, obviously. I haven't taken a poll of everybody in America, or even a even a a statistically effective sample size. But I'm guessing, based on some of the books I've read about political brains, political ideology, and political leanings, Mm -hmm. that probably forty to fifty, maybe fifty-five percent of America strongly reject the idea that the government should be weaponized, that Hollywood should be weaponized, and that economic boycotts should be weaponized. to stop people from doing what's legally protected. P- buying a firearm. Practicing their own religion. I guarantee you we're the majority. What am I saying here? Folks, you have to take on. I, I know I'm, I'm not your preacher and I'm not trying to be one. And I'm, I'm sorry if it comes off that way. But we have got to take on a little bit of suffering in our own lives. I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about a little bit of just inconvenience in our lives when it comes to this economic stuff movies i just you know i rarely if ever go anymore rarely if there's an actor actress in a movie that's anti-trump i'm out now once in a while you know i I, because i don't like to i'm never going to be a phony with my audience i do have a young daughter and you know sometimes it's important to me my family takes precedence yeah. But rarely, rarely. I used to go to the movies with my wife every Friday. We have been to the movies maybe three times this year. Maybe. And I never go to a movie with like a Jennifer Lawrence or any other kind of character in there that has taken a shot at Christians or anyone else. I will not give them my money. All right. We do watch entertainment, but there are other ways to minimize the financial flow. I always buy tickets when I can uh, for uh, Christian movies that come out, even if I don't see them. I recommend them on my show. That movie about Paul the Apostle was incredible. I don't say that because it was a Christian movie. It was a great movie. That was one of the movies I saw this year. I buy tickets for Sean Hannity's movie. There was, I, uh, Folks, we're going to have to take on a little bit of suffering. I'm begging you. As a friend, as a host of this show, you chose to listen to it. And I appreciate it. Please be careful with your money. Companies that keep hitting us, hit them back. You're not going to be able to fight everyone. I get that. There are so many left leaning companies out there. I understand you're not going to be able to fight every fight. I get it. Tim Cook at Apple's known for saying insane stuff all the time. I, I listen. I'm not going to lie to you. I still have an iPhone. It's tough for me business wise to transfer the entire platform without impacting the show. Mm-hmm. I don't go in Target anymore. Ever. Target's done forever. I try, I, I try not to go into Starbucks. I try to stay away from these places. You need to do it too. They can't win this fight. Why? Because over the long term, we have the money in our pockets. And once a, a producer with enough assets and connections, a, a, not, I don't mean a Hollywood producer, a producer of, of services or goods, comes along and sees that vacuum in the economy, Someone's going to come along and present an alternative that is going to be a runaway success. The model's already there. The model was Fox News. The liberals ran the media forever. People said, oh, gosh, we can't have a conservative or what fair and balanced network. They run the show. There's no way. Economies of scale. It's not going to happen. People forget Fox News was not a runaway success right away, economically. It is now. This takes time. There is going to be eventually a conservative Hollywood studio that only pumps out pictures that are, uh, you know, and, and films that 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 don't attack us. I'm not saying they necessarily have to be like, you know, everything has to be pro-America in a, in a in a, in an almost like over-the-top way, but it's certainly not going to be against us. Eventually, there'll be a conservative Hollywood studio, a conservative music studio. There will be this, and I'm, this is why I'm talking about this. And is now going to be some kind of a conservative comic book outlet because the same author, uh, comic book author, Joe Meyer, I told you about, Mm -hmm. is apparently now crowdsourcing, given them, you can't see me again, but given them the double-barreled middle finger, is now going to start his own comic book publishing company. I think it's called Splato. In other words, okay, you don't want to publish myself? We'll publish it ourselves. Thank you. And you know what will happen? Conservatives will flock there. Many of them will buy the darn comic books or even read them, including me. We'll buy those comic books just to stick it to the left. And you know what will happen? It'll eventually do what Fox News did to its competitors. It wiped them out. MSNBC is a joke outside of Rachel Maddow. It's a joke. It's a farce. CNN is the laughing stock of, of, of media. They're not even journalists anymore. It's the National Enquirer Network. And that's an insult to the National Enquirer to be compared to CNN. <laughs> They're more credible. <laughs> this is going to happen. It is an economic it's a tautological step. It is going to happen. But it's only going to happen when you starve off these companies from your economic resources wherever you can. If even two or three thousand people stop shopping in Target, stop shopping in Dick's sporting goods, who is now lobbying against your civil liberties and your right to self-protection. And those two thousand people, over the course of a lifetime in Target and Dicks, were worth Five hundred to a thousand dollars in purchases. That is a wallop to their wallets. Now they can celebrate all they. Here's the difference, too, by the way. One more thing about this. Gosh, I wanted to wrap this up a little quicker because I got a lot to get to. But this is important. Folks, liberals don't have the guts for this fight. They don't have the guts. They don't have the guts. They are not in this for the long term. Make no mistake. I have studied these people. I have read about these people. I follow some of these people on Twitter. I know exactly what they're made of. And what they're made of is nothing but sand. There's nothing there. There is no uh, There's no mortar in there. There's no bricks. There is nothing. It's a house of sand. They do not have the guts or the strength for this fight in the long term. There's a reason they're snowflakes. It's because they're delicate. Everything offends them. They don't have the emotional stability for this fight in the long run. They'll go out after the Kellogg's boycott on Breitbart, and they'll pick up a box of Kellogg's show for a week, and who knows, maybe Kellogg's or Dick's Sporting Goods gets a bump for a week for all the liberals that go in there and buy something they don't need. Mm-hmm. Here's the difference, Joe. They do not have the guts for the long fight. They will never go back in dicks again. They will never pick up Kellogg's again. And I'm talking about if they weren't customers in the past. They forget because they're snowflakes. That's what they do. They will jump on to the next victimhood fight immediately. Immediately. They will forget about the last fight because they're constantly seeking new ways to whine to mommy in the basement and have their hot cocoa because that's what they are. They've got nothing. They're cowards. They will forget about Target. Conservatives never, ever forget. And I'm bringing this up because of a story about a restaurant in Dallas that took a shot at NRA members. And the Washington Post is celebrating, Joe, because all the liberals— remember, that's where the NRA convention was. All the liberals piled in the week or two afterwards. You know what? God bless them. Unlike liberals, I believe in free market association. If this dopey restaurant in Dallas wants to take a pot shot at NRA members, do your thing, man. I support freedom of speech. That's fine. I know I'm never going in there again. But liberals are all over the place celebrating, including this Bloomberg shill. They think this is the greatest story in the world. But they conveniently ignore Target. They conveniently ignore Dick's, Yeti coolers, all of these companies that are getting crushed because conservatives never, ever forget. The liberals got nothing. They're snowflakes for a reason. Use and choose where you spend your money wisely. We'll win this fight. It's just going to require a little patience. The numbers, the heart, the guts, and the principles are on our side. We are fighting a cowardly army of people. You know, remember, I used this line in the show, and Joy Reid went nuts because she thought it somehow it was advocating violence. It's not. It's an argument for skin in the game by Nassim Taleb, Mm -hmm. who wrote a great book called Skin in the Game. He talks about the Spartan line. And it's not about violence, you idiots on the left. You're so dumb. You're so obsessed with violence. You don't get it. You don't understand metaphors and analogies. Like I used a chess one one time and the liberals lost their minds because they're so stupid. The Spartan phrase, with your shield, when they told the Spartan warriors, with it or on it. In other words, in that fight, you need to have skin in this game. You need to come back with your shield, Joe, or on it. Meaning, you had sacrificed yourself, skin in the game. You would put your, in that case, your life into this fight. Now, what does "with it" mean? Well, people who run in battle and run away in Spartan times threw away their shields. Why, Joe? They were heavy. If you're going to run away, you dump yeah. your shield. So come back with it. Meaning, you fought to the end, or on it. Meaning, you sacrificed or something. You had skin in the game. Mm. These liberals, they don't have any. There's no spirit there. They don't have it. There's, they have no guts for this fight. We'll win in the long run. I'm sure of it. Absolutely positive. All right. Whew, I got a lot more to get to. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brick House Nutrition. You know I'm a big fan of my original... Sponsor, Still the best nutrition supplement company on the market. I'm always happy to have them. Uh, Let's talk about Field of Greens today. What's Field of Greens? Well, we all know fruit and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables, excuse me, are sources of good health. Good health, good brain health, good body health, good skin. People tell me... (laughs) all the time like my hair my hair grows like I shouldn't say people my barbies like your hair grows like crazy I don't know I think it's because of a good diet but I take a ton of fruits and vegetables I eat them and then I supplement them with field greens which is a fruit and vegetable powder from brick house nutrition but it's real food this is not crap it's not crap extracts this is real fruits and vegetables you like my reads Joe yeah, yeah. I see you laughing your butt off over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. They do the barber, Robert, my buddy. He's like, your hair grows like crazy. I get a haircut every Monday. He's like, dude, what are you eating? I think it's the collagen and the field of greens. I'm not even kidding. I don't know. Every week? A, every week? Every week. And it grows like crazy. But I look like I have, my hair grows probably like an inch a week. It's amazing. Wow. But he's like, dude, I've never seen anything like it. I'm going to have to start going twice a week. I'm convinced it's the healthy diet. And one of the components of that diet is field of greens. It is a great tasting fruit and vegetable powder. It's real food. It's not some kind of extract garbage. I begged them to get this product going because I'm a huge believer in the micronutrients, macronutrients in these in, uh, fruits and vegetables. Give it a shot. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up Field of Greens. It tastes like uh, a little cherry blueberry. You put it in water. I put it in green tea. Sometimes I put it in little v some vegetable juice. I love it. I take it two, three times a day. My kids love it. It is your insurance in getting all those valuable nutrients and fruits and vegetables. It's your insurance policy. I can't recommend it enough. I love this stuff. It is the staple of a good diet. Field of Greens available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. All right, I'm going to include another article in the show notes today. It's important you read. It's from CNBC. uh, And I don't usually like Lincoln, but CNBC sometimes has some really good stuff. Joe, it's about, and this is going to lead into my next story. It's about the Russians' development. They're at the end stages of development of a hypersonic missile. This is very dangerous, folks. Now, this ties into the Russian collusion Obamacare scandal. If you're a regular listener, you know where I'm going with this. If not, don't worry. I'll explain it. But this is a very dangerous development. Our military experts out there have said we don't have a viable preventative mechanism to stop an attack if these missiles were to go live. They travel at multiple times the speed of sound, Joe, and even without a warhead on the top, they're particularly devastating just from the dramatic force of the impact traveling at that speed. Mm. Loaded with uh, you know, nuclear weapons or what even conventional warheads could cause significant, significant damage. Now... Read the story. It's pretty good. It's in CNBC. It'll be at the show notes today. But why is this such a big concern? And how does this tie into the whole scandal about the cover-up and the Russian collusion debacle? Folks, there was a Russian Silicon Valley project I've talked about repeatedly. Skolkovo, Skolkovo, Skolkovo. Don't forget this name. Skolkovo. This Russian military, uh, excuse me, this Russian project, the idea behind it was to create a Russian Silicon Valley and to bait in a bunch of American companies and otherwise to join this project, which was heavily subsidized by the Russian government and Russian investment funds to sucker American companies into coming in. Now, our intelligence community has deemed this project an effort by Russian intelligence folks to steal sensitive military technology. And there's some reporting out there That the creation of this hypersonic weapon, Joe, which is extremely dangerous to America, some of the technology may have been stolen at Skolkovo. It's a huge scandal. A kind of a doomsday weapon being created in conjunction with a project that baited in American companies. Skolkovo is a huge deal and needs to be the scandal needs to be covered up because the companies that joined the Skolkovo project, seventeen of the twenty-eight, donated heavily to the Clinton Foundation. Not to mention one of the the, the guy running the the operation, Skolkovo, uh, Victor Vexelberg is also known to the Clintons as well. There you go. It's a huge, huge scandal. Now, how does this relate to the collusion thing? Again, if you've been following, Vexelberg is now being investigated by the Mueller team for ties to Trump, which are loose at best and in no way compare to the severity of the ties to the Clinton Foundation and Skolkovo. The Mueller thing is a smokescreen. Gosh, I can't say this enough. Mueller is exclusively investigating people to shut them up because of their involvement with the Clintons. It's clear as day right now. If that changes, I will correct the record. I've seen no evidence of that. The hypersonic weapon story is a disaster. CNBC, I I don't believe, makes the connection in the piece. I read through it twice. But how they missed it, I don't know. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because yesterday, more incredible breaking news. You got that sound ready, right, Joe? Yeah, man. Paul Sperry, at Real Clear Investigations. I got to get him on the NRA TV show, which airs, by the way, every night, uh, nratv.com. It's free, by the way. Check out our new website. It's really If you just go to the website at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, my show automatically pops up. You don't have to do anything. It's live. We don't mess around. Um, I got to get him on the show, Joe. He has a piece up yesterday exposing John Brennan for the complete, total fraud he is. Now, read the piece. I'll have it, of course. It'll be in the show notes. Real Clear Investigations, Paul Sperry. He talks about how Brennan's efforts, it turns out they were lies, to hide the fact that the dossier, Joe, the fake information the Clinton's played for on Trump, they are all desperately trying to hide the dossier as the, the the potential genesis of this whole investigation. Why? Because it's fake. This is simple. Someone emailed me and they were right. I appreciate the email. He's like, Dan, just always keep in mind what the goal was. The goal was to take down Trump. And if you constantly relate things back to that simple point, the story makes more sense because there's so many branches on the tree. It was actually a good point. The effort to take down Trump was started using fake intelligence. That's why they filtered it through unofficial channels to information launder, to launder the information and not official channels. Because if they filtered it through official intelligence channels, through the official chain of command, the way normal intelligence would be filtered. It would have been probably detected as BS because it wasn't verified. That's not what they did. They laundered the information through unofficial channels to get it into the courts, to spy on the Trump team, to take them down. This entire case is built on a fake piece of information in the dossier, or multiple pieces of information in a fake dossier, I should say to be precise. Breaking yesterday, Brennan has insisted has insisted that to multiple people, by the way, that he didn't know much about the dossier. Wait till we play this audio. Get the Chuck Todd one ready, Joe. This is devastating audio, but hold on a minute. Why is Brennan doing this? Because Brennan knows that the dossier was his case, and the minute he admits on the record that has the as a senior level powerful member of the intelligence community, that John Brennan started a political investigation based on fake information he may very well have known was not verified. John Brennan is going to be in a world of trouble. So he has to run from this thing. Now, I'll get to the Sperry piece in a second why it's important. But just to show you that Brennan has run from this dossier, despite the fact we know he knew about it and he lied about it. Here's him basically telling Chuck Todd... What listen to how he emphasized on the dossier. He played no role, no, 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 role, no, 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 to the dossier. Listen to him with Chuck Todd.: When did you first learn
1: of the so-called Steele dossier and what Christopher Steele was doing? Well, it was a uh, nutted among press circles. Uh, for several months before it came out and it was in late summer of 2016 when there were some individuals uh, from the various uh, US uh, news uh, outlets Mm -hmm. who asked me about my familiarity with it and I had heard just snippets about it. I did not know what was in there, Uh, I did not see it until later in that year, I think it was in December. Mm but I, I was uh, unaware of uh, the providence of it as well as uh, what was in it. And it did not play any role whatsoever in the intelligence community assessment that was done, that was presented to then President Obama and then President-elect Trump. How was the Steele dossier treated? It was. How did you treat it? You said you looked at it in December. I assume it's been looked at by, it was obviously looked at by the FBI. We've now learned they've tried to confirm some of it and have had some success. Some, not yet. Uh, they don't say it's, they don't, they say it's, unconfirmed but that's about it well there were things in that dossier that made me wonder whether or not they would, they were in fact accurate and true. Uh, and I do think it was up to the FBI to see whether or not they could verify any of it. I think Jim Comey has said that it was contained salacious and unverified information. Just because it was unverified didn't mean it wasn't true. And if the Russians were involved in something like that, directed against individuals who are aspiring to the highest office in this land, mm-hmm. there was an obligation on part of the FBI to uh, seek out the, the truth on it.
0: Uh, what?! One, let me, I just took a few notes on this. Listen to him, this this coward, this stain on, on the Constitutional Republic, this human disgrace to public office. Comey's bad enough, by the way. I was just talking about Brennan. Yeah. But he throws Comey under the bus. He goes, well, it was the responsibility of Comey. Just because it wasn't verified doesn't mean it wasn't true. Wait, wait, John. Let me get this straight. You're running the CIA. And you give, unver- your whole job is to verify information. You had one job. Joe, can you imagine, I'm running the CIA, you're the President of the United States. I Man. approach you as the President, because now we have some significant information that he may have slipped some of this information into the President's brief. I slip huh. information, hey, um, Joe, uh, President Joe. So I was traveling last week in the Bahamas, and I heard yeah. from a guy, that the, ba- the, ba- the Bahamians, what they're doing is they're, they're a, they have a nuclear weapon pointed towards the United States. They may attack next Wednesday. Get the, get the Bahamas! Get yeah. up. <laughs> Your whole job is to verify the information, you knucklehead! But notice what he does. He throws Comey under the bus. Folks, this is the scandal. This is Comey and Brennan are not going to be friends at the end of this. Take it to the bank, cash that check and spend that money. One of them is going to throw the other one under the bus. Brennan already has. I'm waiting for Comey to strike back. Brennan fed the FBI a bunch of BS information. The FBI screwed up by not verifying it. Brennan knew the information was not verified and likely false. And now he's throwing Comey in the bus going, hey, you see what he did, Joe? Not my job. Uh, I don't get to verify it. That's your whole existence, you idiot. That's why it's called the Central Intelligence Agency, not the Central (laughs) Unintelligence Agency, you dope. Then he says, well, I learned about it from news outlets. They fed this thing to news outlets. He says, now, this is the important takeaway. It played no role whatsoever in the intelligence community assessment. Do not miss that line. This is where Sperry's article comes in. What we have been told for almost a year now is that the intelligence community assessment, the ICA, Joe, which was the famous 17 intel agencies report. Remember this? Barack Obama touted this. Hillary Clinton touted this. 17 intelligence agencies have deemed that the Russians tried to interfere in our election and they tried to help Donald Trump. That report is the entire, folks, it's the entire basis for the collusion narrative. Barack Obama, before he needed office, desperately needed some formal piece of paper to hang his hat on to say the Russians tried to help Trump get into office. They had nothing. They had nothing. So Brennan, Comey and Mike Rogers to a degree. But I'll get to him in a second. He's not the bad guy. The other two are because it's not 17, folks. It's three. You don't count Clapper in the DNI. He's a hack, too. It was three intelligence agencies, and none of them could firmly conclude that the FBI hacked the DNC emails and tried to help Trump. Why? Because no federal agency looked at the DNC servers. CrowdStrike did, a private company, and even they backtracked that. Now it's coming out, according to sources. That Mike Rogers disagreed with this intelligence community assessment precisely because, Joe, the dossier was one of the fundamental pieces of information used for the intelligence community to assess that the Russians impacted the election. And this is important. Part number two, in order to help Trump, nobody's disputing the Russians tried to interfere in our election. They've tried to do it every election yeah, since the Soviet days. The questionable piece of information in the ICA was were they trying to help Trump get elected and how. Now, we've been told for a year, and Brennan just said it. You just heard him talking to Chuck Todd. The dossier had no role in the intelligence community assessment. Why would Brennan say that? Because the dossier is fake. Now their whole story, which is the, uh, based on the ICA assessment. Are you tracking me? The whole yeah. story is based on an intelligence community assessment. The Russians tried to help Trump. The intelligence community assessment is based on fake information. Paul Sperry's piece shows that sources have now said that the uh, the dossier was in fact a critical component of the ICA. The assessment that the Russians tried to help Trump. The whole story's BS. Now, I want to play another clip to show you what a liar and a fraud and a stain on this country John Brennan is. This is him testifying up on Capitol Hill about who he briefed and what he briefed them about. But just pay attention because what he said is
1: critical. Through the so-called Gang of Eight process, we kept Congress apprised of these issues as we identified them. Again, in consultation with the White House, I personally briefed the full details of our understanding of Russian attempts to interfere in the election to congressional leadership, specifically Senators Harry Reid, Mitch McConnell, Dianne Feinstein, and Richard Burr, and to Representatives Paul Ryan, Nancy Pelosi, Devin Nunes, and Adam Schiff, between 11 August and 6 September. I provided the same briefing to each of the gang of eight members.
0: Folks, listen to what he said. In consultation with the White House... In consultation with the White House, this is Hack Brennan. I briefed the Gang of Eight, Harry Reid and others, about Russian interference. The information he briefed comes from the dossier. How do we know that? The fake dossier. The whole thing's a fraud. Mueller has to cover this up. How do we know He briefed on the dossier, Joe, because just days later, Harry Reid writes a letter to the FBI, to Jim Comey, demanding an investigation to Donald Trump and includes allegations that were in the dossier. Yeah. They were fake. The FBI got shafted, too. They're not good guys in this. The upper management, by the way, I'm not talking about the agents. I'm talking about the upper management here. Because they didn't verify it either. That was their responsibility. But read includes in the letter, you can read it yourself, allegations that are only in the dossier. So just follow what I'm saying. Brennan says, in conjunction with the White House, oh, Obama's knee deep in this. I briefed the Gang of Eight, the intelligence oversight members on that committee up in the Hill. He briefs them. Wow, and coincidentally, Harry Reid, a member of that committee that within days sends a letter to the FBI with some of the details on the dossier after the Brennan meeting that he demands the FBI start an investigation against Trump. Folks, this is astonishing, the level of deceit. Astonishing. Brennan is a liar. And once we find out the source, and I, I forgive me, but a lot of you, we have to be very careful with this. I'm pretty confident I know who it is, but when the source's name becomes public, you're going to be astonished at what happened here. Astonished, because some of these sources in this case, their connections to foreign intelligence are beyond troubling. It's unbelievable. Just read the Reed letter. The Harry Reed letter contains allegations in the dossier. What do you think Brennan briefed him on? He's lying. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know anything about the dossier. Then how did Harry Reed find out about it to write to the FBI about it? The tooth fairy? Snake. John Brennan is a snake. The puppet master of this whole debacle. All right. Uh, one more and I just want to get to because there's another fascinating angle. Big hat tip to Sarah Carter last night. Brought something up I had not even considered. Uh, and it's so obvious. I was like, damn, how come I didn't think of that? I wanted to email her. Be like, man, sister, that was a good call. Uh, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Filter By. It's spring cleaning time. And like Trump is cleaning out corrupt officials, you can clean up the air you breathe and make your H- make your HVAC system great again. And folks, don't procrastinate. Otherwise, dust, mold, and pollutants will clog up your system. It'll become inefficient and end up costing you a lot of money. Sounds like the federal government. Clean up your system today with my friends at FilterBuy. Please help support our sponsors. They support us. They love the program. And these uh, FilterBuy loves, loves where we're coming from. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. FilterBuy, that is. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all ship free, within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollutants while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Here's a great deal. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery. That way, you'll never need to think about air filters again. Save money. Save time. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. I know you all need filters out there, whether you're small businesses or homes or whatever it may be. Please help support the companies that are supporting us. Filterbuy.com. That's filterb dot com. Okay, so Sarah Carter was on Hannity last night. I, think I was, was I on last night? Was it Was last night, Tuesday? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, I was on Hannity last night. I forget. It all blends in. I'll be on Martha McCallum tonight if you want to check it out. Uh, busy. Plus, my dad's in town. My father's in town. So big hat tip to Johnny Bots, <laughs> Johnny Bocino. Johnny Bag of Donuts in town. <laughs> Coming here from Cary, North Carolina, and I know some of you may live in Cary. So if you ever see my father around town, give him a little shout out, show the man a little love. But I heard this last night. She said she, she she's out. Uh, she's insinuating that this was a setup the whole time. Now the setup thing has gone mainstream. And by the way, a lot of people emailed me and said, "Hey, there are other talk radio hosts now starting to talk about how the Trump team was framed the whole time. You know, maybe they're listening to your show, folks." For as much as it would please me to say to you, I invented this whole thing. There's, they're not stealing my It's not my story. It is, it is the story. The fact that other people have done their own appropriate and good investigative journalism. I appreciate your emails. Don't get me wrong trying to credit me. But um, I, I can't take credit for it. It, it. it happened. The fact that we uncovered it through sources and... You know, hard work and book writing, and other people did too. I'm I'm glad the story's getting out. There's no credit for it. No, uh, you, you really. I mean, there are there are a number of really quality researchers out there. Chuck Ross, Lee Smith, Sarah Carter. I mean, Limbaugh's now all over this setup, a story too. Awesome. This is not proprietary material. All right, uh, the show is, but not the idea. Now. She said last night an angle on the setup I hadn't even considered. She's like, Joe, think about this. This was a genius line. So now we know all most of the contacts, at least, with the Trump team appear to not have been accidental. They were deliberate. They sent people into the Trump orbit to bait them, to entrap them, to later on say, hey, look, Russian collusion. Look what we did to them. Mm-hmm. But there's a big story I missed. They're like, what about Rosenstein? Sarah Carter says last night, don't you find it a little interesting? that Rosenstein writes the memo to fire Jim Comey as the FBI director and then uses the pressure of the Jim Comey firing by Democrats to then bring on Bob Mueller? Like, how did we miss the most obvious part of this? I mean, it was punching me in the face. And I'm not above self-deprecating humor. This was dopey on steroids. How did I miss that? I mean, not that I didn't know what happened. Of course I know the details of what happened, but I mm-hmm. never connected the two. Sarah Carter kind of dropped that hint last night. So just to be clear, Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein, the deputy AG who's done an awful, awful job. Rosenstein is the one who writes the memo laying out the reasons show why FBI director Jim Comey is fired. Mm-hmm. The Democrats then use the firing of Jim Comey as a reason to pressure Rosenstein to hire Bob Mueller as a special counsel, which is then used to cover up the whole Gate scheme. I hadn't even thought of that. Now, I can't get into Rosenstein's head. I can't pick apart his motives. I don't think Sarah was making a direct connection either. But the insinuation strong and is another piece of the setup puzzle that at least we have to consider. That was, you know, with Rosenstein baiting Trump into firing Comey? I don't know. Was it always going to be used as a predicate to bring on Bob Mueller to investigate Trump and hide all the nonsense? As Macho Man would say, don't know. But it's certainly suspicious. Another couple angles. On yesterday's show, I got questions on yesterday's show about Deripaska. Huh? Now we know Oleg Deripaska, a Russian oligarch, was working with Bob Mueller to get back a former FBI agent who was taken hostage by the Iranians by the name of Bob Levinson. I got a lot of emails from people. Deripaska is also intimately involved in this case. He hired a lobbyist. It's the same lobbyist representing Christopher Steele in text messages with the Democrats. What does Deripaska do? Is he playing both sides? So some folks said to me, number one, they said, Why would Deripaska want to help the FBI? Folks, Deripaska was being prevented in many cases from entering the country due to some allegations of ties to Russian organized crime. Deripaska needed help from the United States government to get into the United States. The reasons, uh, forgive me, I thought were obvious, but but, you know, if you don't explain that, I'd understand how some people would would miss that. He needed help. Mm -hmm. So more the, the impetus to help the FBI to get this former FBI agent back from Iran. Secondly, some people have questioned, is he a good guy or a bad guy? God, nix that phraseology from your brain. Conspiracy theories are always hallmarked by a clear good guy and a bad guy. There were many, many motives here. Take down Trump, get rid of Magnitsky, cover up Skolkovo, cover up Uranium One. A lot of players had a lot of different reasons for doing what they did. Personal relationships, Jonathan Weiner, Bill Browder, Victoria Nuland, Hillary Clinton, lawyers, money-changing hands. There were a lot of motives here. The umbrella motive was to take down Trump and hide a lot of the Clinton-Obama misdeeds. But Deripaska, when he is approached by the FBI agents... Who, and if you listen to yesterday's show, FBI agents approach him as this whole allegation of Russian collusion before the election is brewing, Joe. And they know mm-hmm. from their history of working with Deripaska through Mueller and others, mm-hmm. they know that Deripaska, who's connected to Putin, would probably know if Trump was colluding with Putin. So they approach him in a hotel room and they tr- interview him and they go, hey, you know, we're hearing word that Trump is colluding with the Russians. What happens? Deripaska's like, dopes. You guys are so stupid. That's not happening. Now, that's not included in the FISA award, conveniently, because it would be exculpatory. Yeah. Like, why include information that says he may not be colluding? You don't want to do that. Like, that only happens in a constitutional republic where people actually give a damn about law and order. We're past that now. I'm not so sure, Deripaska, who knows Putin, how do we know he didn't feed that information back to Putin? Hey, they think you're colluding with him. How do we know Putin doesn't in turn leverage that information to feed Christopher Steele more BS about Trump knowing it's going to make it to the FBI? Do you understand how we got played for idiots? You think Putin didn't know the FBI was pushing a false narrative about Russian collusion to which Putin, Joe's like, what a bunch of idiots. Let's feed Mm. them some fake information. Hey, there's that guy, Christopher Steele, that British spy running around working for Hillary. Hey, go get a couple of my Russian uh, intelligence guys. Feed him some crap information about golden showers and watch these idiots scramble. Like like on a hamster wheel. (laughs) Do you understand how we got played? We got played for fools. Because they were so eager to hit Trump. One more interesting angle on the Deripaska story. One of the FBI agents working on the case to get back the former FBI agent held in Iran. Joe was a female agent by the name of Robin Gritz. Hmm. This is just juicy. Robin Gritz is later removed from that hostage rescue unit and files a a discrimination complaint that she was discriminated against. Mm -hmm. Who backs her up in this case? Mike Flynn, Trump's later appointed national security advisor who's investigated by Obama justice officials for a false Logan Act violation. Who does she file the complaint against? (sighs) You're never going to believe this. Andrew McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, overseeing the entire Trump debacle investigation and the Hillary Clinton email investigation until he recused himself two weeks before the election because his wife is a Democrat running for office. Let me just walk you through that. How crazy this story (laughs) is. Just when you think this thing can't get any crazier. The FBI seeks out a Russian oligarch for help in getting back an FBI, former FBI agent, held as a hostage in Iran. The agent working the case, a female agent by the name of Robin Gritz. Robin Gritz is working the case to get Levinson back. She seems to intimate that she was stymied at every turn. Why would the Obama administration not want him back? Was it some kind of a deal trying to cover up Iranian misdeeds? Gritz is removed from the unit. She cites discrimination. A, a person she she uh, mentions in there as a uh, as someone discriminating against her is Andrew McCabe, Hillary advocate, anti-Trumper. Later becomes deputy director of the FBI, who backs grits up and says, "Hey, she's great. She's terrific. I worked with her as she's filing a complaint against McCabe." Mike Flynn, who McCabe later targets later with sally yates for a false logan act violation when he gets named to the trump team (laughs) brother you cannot make this crap up no the deep state stuff you're all a bunch of conspiracy theorists except for the fact that it actually happened All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please go to Bongino.com. Read the show notes today. The Paul uh, Sperry piece is just incredible. Check it out, Bongino.com. Show notes. Join my email list. I'll send it right to you. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.